Oil prices and container shipping rates have surged in recent days on growing concerns that conflict in the Middle East is widening. That's complicating the inflation outlook and may surprise those betting on the Fed cutting from March. That's coming up in our five things in five minutes. And then in our bonus deep dive interview, ANZ senior Australian economist Adelaide Timbrell explains why CBD office construction is going much better than expected because of, as much as in spite of, more people working from home. When there's more bargaining power on the side of employees, it's harder to get them back into the office as much as employers want, which puts more emphasis on making going back into the office more appealing. And that's going to really help premium grade office buildings. But first, in 5 and 5 with ANZ, oil prices have surged over the weekend as much as 4% to over $80 a barrel in the wake of US and UK air attacks on Houthi fighters' facilities in Yemen. That's designed to stop rocket and drone strikes on shipping through the Red Sea. Shipping companies are also reporting a sharp rise in container rates. ANZ's head of FX research, Marjabeen Zaman, is watching those shipping and oil costs to see what it means for global inflation. If shipping costs continue to rise, this is going to impact supply chain eventually, and that has a risk on, you know, global inflation ticking up. Again, this is an ongoing issue that we're looking at. And then energy prices, you know, different currencies react differently to how energy prices trade. Energy importing economies like Japan and Europe and UK tend to be more sensitive if energy prices go up. And so an energy price shock would then have negative implication on their terms of trade and also on their Number two, any resurgence of inflation could really surprise investors who are still betting heavily on a soft landing and the start of rate cuts by the Fed in March. ANZ's head of G3 Economics, Brian Martin, says there's still strong momentum in the US economy, and that's likely to mean the Fed holds off cutting until July or September. That means there's a real risk of a market correction if inflation is worse than expected. So there's just enough question marks there for me to think, given the Fed's dual mandate on the labour market and inflation, it's too early for them to be cutting. Based on the data that we've had, I think there will be a significant risk of a market correction. And I think the catalyst for that might have to be Fed speakers to give really firm guidance to the market. Number three, Brian will be watching renowned Fed hawk, Governor Christopher Waller, this week. He's due to speak tomorrow night. He made some surprisingly dovish comments before Christmas that fueled that Santa Claus rally. But if his views harden, watch out. If he becomes more hawkish again and more circumspect about the Fed's ability to cut interest rates in the near term, well then, I think that could be the catalyst for a sell-off. Number four. Back in Australia, senior economist Adelaide Timbrell has been following bank lending figures for November, which showed new lending up just 1% for the month and 13% from a year ago. Now, this could have gone up more. It's not that people don't want to borrow or can't borrow. We are seeing a huge amount of credit impulse there. It's just that there is a real lack of listings in the market. Sales volumes are relatively low, and that is driving this modest growth in housing lending. Now, one of the reasons that listings are low is because not a lot of homes are being built. Residential building approvals did rise 1.6% month-on-month in November, and there has been a rise in unit 
and townhouse approvals over the last few months, but all approvals are really still well below their long-term average as higher funding costs and building costs create a disincentive for developers to build even when demand is strong. Number five. And lastly, looking ahead this week, there's Australian employment data on Thursday and New Zealand business confidence data on Tuesday. Here's ANZ's Group Chief Economist, Richard Yitzinger. In Australia, unemployment will be pivotal given the recent CPI numbers have come in under the Reserve Bank's forecast. And of course, the last hike was predicated on them revising their inflation forecasts up. So they've got some interesting communication to deal with. And in New Zealand, the quarterly survey of business opinion, we expect to show, look, really three things, more cooling activity, easing in labour shortages and declining inflationary pressure, which will keep the Reserve Bank of New Zealand on hold. Now, in part one of our bonus deep dive interview, ANZ Australia senior economist Adelaide Timbrell explains why there's a lot more CBD office construction planned than you'd think in a post-COVID world of working from home, where overall office vacancy rates are actually higher and fewer people are coming into work on average than in 2019. So what we found in the data is that office vacancy rates are higher. So for every office building, there are you know fewer uh, tenants. And then when we look at office attendance um, in capital cities as well, there are fewer people coming in on an average day than there were in 2019. But this isn't necessarily um, taking away demand for new office buildings. What we have now is a really tight labour market huge employment growth in the office sector and a lot of companies who want people back in the office. So, how do you get people back in the office? You don't do it by having offices that are drab and old and outdated. And so, what's really benefiting office building developers is that more and more people are choosing that flight to quality play, are trying to find the best offices they can because that little bit of extra rent that they pay might actually be the difference between people wanting to come into the office and people not wanting to come into the office. What that's created is this ongoing demand for new office buildings, even when the fundamentals in the office market look weaker. What are you seeing with the divergence between overall employment growth and office employment? So, over the last 10 years, uh, the number of people employed in Australia has risen by about 25%. But the amount of people in office-based employment has actually risen about 30%. So, we are seeing a shift into more office workers as a share of the population over time. And even though each office worker is going to be in the office fewer days, there's just so many more of them. Another thing we have to remember for office property is that it's not about the average person coming in on an average day. It's actually about the peak time. So, just like a train, you know, sometimes it's going to be empty and sometimes it's going to be full, but the amount of trains you need is all about those peak times. And so, the amount of office space you need is the same thing. It's not about who's coming in on an average day. It's about who's coming in on an average peak day. And when we look at the peak days of the week, nationally, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, there's about 80% of the people in CBD offices than there were in 2019. Uh, And people do want to see that grow. A lot of companies are looking for ways to increase that number. And I think new office developments and those stronger office amenities are going to be part of that play. 
that's meant that there's going to be some offices that are um, emptier, particularly on Fridays, which seems to be the, the day where there is a, a relative drop-off in attendance. Could you tell us too about how rents have changed, and in particular by city over the last couple of decades or so? Absolutely. So what we've seen is a really big increase in Sydney rents over the last uh, 10 years. And although that's come back since COVID, it's actually started to grow again. In Melbourne, though, since COVID, we've seen a pretty steady decline in effective rents per year per square metre for prime CBD office. And it's been relatively flat uh, in other cities over the last 10 years. So what we're really seeing is that the average rent for a prime CBD office space isn't changing all that much other than in Sydney. Um, But what is changing is the mix of office spaces demanded. So when we look at the vacancy rates and rental growth across different grades of office buildings, based on JLL data, what we know is that premium, so, you know, the the better half of prime CBD offices uh, actually have lower vacancy rates than other grades. And then once you look at B and C grade offices, they've seen, they have the largest vacancy rates at the moment. Our research shows that the unemployment rate is going to stay really low between now and 2025, under 4.5%. That means more bargaining power is on the side of employees. Adelaide Timbrill there. I'm Bernard Hickey. That was 5 and 5 with ANZ for Monday, January the 15th. Happy New Year and welcome back. In tomorrow's episode, we'll look more closely at what's happening with business confidence in New Zealand. This podcast contains general information only, not investment advice. You should obtain advice for your personal circumstances before making any investment decisions. Please view the podcast disclaimer available via your media player or email.